Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Lance's House of Sports. Don't forget to rate the podcast, share it with a friend, and tune in weekly for weekly podcasts. And we're live! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of Lance's House of Sports I'm your host, Lance Wyatt, and I'm here with my co-host, so to speak. We've been adding the title to the name, Ben Gabriel. Welcome back to the show, Ben. We got the Kobe episode coming up. Kobe episode, episode 24. This is 24. Yeah, this is 24. Kobe episode. Okay. Kobe episode. Yeah, that's big time. And we're sticking with mainly in hoops. I mean, March Madness, the Final Four is upon us. Coming on this Saturday with the NBA playoffs right around the corner as well. And then if we have some time, maybe we get into a little bit about Aaron Rodgers, Lamar, and some signings around the NFL. Um, But let's mainly talk about March Madness as of right now. Where we left off last week, Ben, we were talking about, you know, in the Sweet 16, teams like Bama, um, Texas, Houston, um, UCLA, Tennessee you were talking about. I was talking about Kansas State on teams that can potentially make a run and potentially win it all. Well... All of those teams are out, and it's been absolute madness in March Madness this year, and it's probably been one of the most exciting tournaments I've ever watched in my life. Yeah. And with that being said, um, it's been San Diego State on the south side of the region upsetting Bama, beating Creighton in the Elite Eight, and they're going up against, on from the east side of the region, nine-seed FAU, who has continued to – Win again and again and again, beating your boys, Tennessee, in the Sweet 16, and then beating my squad in the Elite Eight, Kansas State, in a tight battle. Um, They won that game 79 to 76. And now it's San Diego State and FAU on the one side of the Final Four bracket. And on the other side, we got a five versus four Miami U and UConn. Miami was able to beat one seed Houston and then two seed Texas, while UConn was able to demolish every team in their path so far as they killed Arkansas. As we were both wrong about that game. And then they were able to demolish Gonzaga in the Elite Eight as they have just cruised to the Final Four. And with that being said, obviously all four of these teams in the Final Four have been not just beating, but dominating these top-seeded teams in this bracket. And now we kind of have to go to the main question, like, who do we see winning it all? Because I feel like any four of these teams are capable, but I kind of have a team in mind that I think is the favorite. But I'm curious what you think. I think my favorite's probably UConn. Yeah. I don't really want UConn to win. I don't know why. I kind of want the U to win, but... The U? How come? First Final Four parents yeah yeah UConn's already got one yeah because FAU San Diego State and Miami have never won right yeah but UConn's definitely won yeah I mean I'm I'm right there with you I mean just with how dominant they've been playing all tournament long against the poorer teams and against the top tier teams I mean they've been winning by I mean just going through their games one by one they won by 24 they won by 25 they won by 23 and they won by 28 yeah, that Gonzaga game was surprising. It was unbelievable. Just the way they were able to dominate that game from start to finish the entirety of the time. Just incredibly impressive. But, I mean, 
I've been really impressed with Miami as well, though. I mean, if we're talking about them, because they just have scores all over the place on their team. I mean, everyone on that squad is able to score 20-plus on any given night. And this is the matchup. It's uh, Miami versus UConn. So I personally believe that whoever wins that game is going to win it all. I don't know. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself because I really like FAU, Kansas State's coach. He was even the one that said that was the toughest team we faced all year, just the way that they played and the heart that they had. Um, so that matchup against San Diego State is going to be incredible as well. But I don't know. I just feel like San Diego State's kind of – I want to say, like, they've kind of been sneaking by because as much as – yeah, they beat Bama, who's the one seed, obviously. Bama but horrible. Bama did not play well at all. And Brandon Miller, their best player, he's been playing poor all tournament long. Yeah, he has, like, the worst shooting percentage out of anybody. Everybody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think they kind of got lucky with that game. And then with Creighton, I mean, I, you saw that last play, right? They attacked the bucket with less than three seconds left, and they got fouled from a push in the back. Only made one of the two free throws, and they end up winning that game by one. They survive. I think it was a great game. I don't want to say Creighton deserved to win that game because I don't think that, but they struggled with the size of Creighton, and I feel like it might come to haunt them, even if they do make the championship game, because UConn's got some great size, and I think, I mean, they've already made the Final Four. Like, there's already yeah. enough to be proud of. Like, I feel like I'm talking like there's not anything to be proud of. San Diego State has had a hell of a run in this tournament, as well as the other three teams as well, so... I mean, nothing to be ashamed of from any of these teams, but I just personally, they're going to be the team that ends up winning it. But if I'm going to watch because I'm saying right now, I don't see, I think the other three teams can win it, but I do not believe that I San Diego State I don't can think win so. it all. FAU is better than San Diego State. You don't think so? Well, I didn't think they were better than Kansas State. I didn't think they were better than Tennessee, but they've been able to beat all these dominant teams. Yeah, they got, they got lucky, so to speak, playing the 16th seed in the second round, but you know. Those doesn't matter the seed when you're hot, you're hot in basketball. But I was really impressed with that win over Kansas State. Yeah. Because I've been a big fan of them over the entire course of the season and in this tournament. And, you know, they were able to lock down Keontae. Yeah. And, I mean, he ended up fouling out at the end of the game, but he only had, I want to say, seven points. Yeah. Maybe he didn't nine. have a big game. I mean, that's mm -hmm. the reason they lost. Yeah. I mean, they scored a, enough points. I don't, their defense just. It's just March Madness. A lot of games have been high scoring, though. So Yeah, without a doubt. A lot of teams but, are shooting well. I mean, UConn, every single game, I mean, 87, 70, 88, 82. I mean, they're just an undeniable force, and I just don't see that stopping. Maybe this week between the Elite Eight and the Final Four game slows them down. I'm very interested to see that, see yeah, how they shoot the ball. Teams get chances to, you know, look at film and yeah, try to figure out a game plan to slow down – John L. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, with that being said, just looking at the spreads on these games, I mean, UConn's a five-and-a-half-point favorite over Miami. Over-unders at 149-and-a-half, which I think I like the over in that game, honestly. I, I feel like I it's too. super high for a reason. Yeah. Who you like in that game? UConn. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I think I'm taking UConn. I wouldn't be surprised to see Miami win. No, me neither. Like I said, whoever wins this game, I think wins it all. Um, it should be a close game. I hope oh, it's yeah, not. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. You know, I hope there's not blowouts. And I don't want there to be a blowout in the final four. I think it's going to be a really tight game because Miami just has so many different guys that can score 20-plus at any moment. I mean, yeah. Jordan Miller was the recent guy for them. who He had 27 against Texas. But then, you know, like Isaiah Wong's kind of like their main guy. He's their point guard. And 
last three games, he's at 27, 20, and 14. So, I mean, consistently playing fine. And then Nigel Pack, I think is how you say his name, the other guard for him, I'm a big fan of him as well. So, um, it'll be interesting to see how UConn guards those guys. But then on the other side of the ball, I mean, just UConn just has threats all over the place. I know their top guy, Sonogo. I don't know how you say his name. Sonogo. Adama. Adama Sonogo. Sonogo. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's legit. Yeah. He's legit. So it'll be really interesting to see what Miami does against that guy with the rest of their squad because they just have they have ballers all over the court. Mm-hmm. I know they have two main scorers, but – I mean, they play the right brand of basketball. And when I see that, I always know that's the biggest threat. And, I mean, that caught me off guard when they were dominating Arkansas like that, and then they just they haven't stopped, haven't taken their foot off the gas. So it should be interesting. Yeah. San Diego State FAU. You taking San Diego State in that game? Yeah. I think I'm taking FAU in that game. You know, they've been – it just was, sounds too weird to me, FAU in the national championship. I know, but they've been they've been doing this all tournament long. I don't see how it stops now. I just don't. And like FAU, we know can score the ball. Like they can score. I feel like San Diego State's more of a defensive type team. I mean, I know they can score too. And like for instance, like the game like Crane, like that was a dogfight game. Like aggressive as hell the entire all 40 minutes, um, and I feel like that's what San Diego State's going to need to have to do to win that ball game. Yeah. Um, but I think FAU keeps doing what they're doing. I think they uh, keep shining, spreads two points uh, with San Diego State as the favorite. Um, yeah, I personally like FAU. I don't know if anyone's going to be able to stop their guard play, but who knows? Who knows? Should be an interesting one. And then uh, we both got UConn winning it all, right? Yeah. 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 Should be interesting. Final four games are this Saturday, April 1st, and then the championship game will be, I want to say, Monday, April 3rd. Yeah. That's what I want to say. Sounds right. I really don't know exactly. (laughs) Yeah, April 3rd, championship game. Yeah, going to be a hell of a game. It's in Houston? Is that where the women's tournament is as well? I think they're in Dallas. I think they're in Dallas. Yeah. Hmm. Both in Texas? Is it always like that? I don't think so. Yeah. That's fairly interesting. Sorry, just uh, acknowledging things for the first time uh, on this podcast. But, uh, I mean, outside of that, I mean, nothing really else to talk about except, uh, I mean, if there's one other thing to talk about in this tournament, it's that, you know, the disappearance of the Blue Bloods in this tournament. Yeah. I meant to talk about it in the last podcast. but So I don't know what it was exactly, but I think it was the second time in the past three years where neither of Kansas – uh, Duke, North Carolina, and uh, I want to say like Villanova, or maybe maybe another blue blood team. I can't remember exactly, but it was the second time in three years that none of them made it to the Sweet Sixteen. When that was the when two years ago, that was the first time that happened since like '86 or something like that. So it's just pretty bizarre because last year as well. I don't know if you remember the final four. It was Kansas, Duke, North Carolina, and Villanova. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just bizarre to me how one season can make all the difference. I mean, it's understandable how in college there's a lot of one and dones nowadays. I just I just still can't believe Kansas got bounced. Yeah. You're telling it's crazy. me. Crazy. You're telling me. But 
They got bounced by Arkansas, who ended up losing by 23 to UConn. So maybe it was a blessing in disguise for them. Yes. Because I know Gonzaga wasn't happy for the way they went out. No, I mean, they got demolished. They got demolished. (laughs) Absolutely. And, you know, after coming off a big win against UCLA in the Sweet 16, I want to say, you got a thing thrown on top of the world, and they're like, "All right, we're finally gonna make this run. Finally, go gonna go try and win a championship." Yeah, Gonzaga always has a great team. They just never they can never get it done. They can never get I hate to the promised land. I'm glad they never get it done. Yeah, why is that? Just play shitty teams all season, all regular season. <laughs> go like thirty and zero, and then get the one seed because they played a bunch of Division two schools. <laughs> like St. Mary's was the best team they played all season. Yeah, they got bounced like first round. Uh, they got. I mean, they got bounced to UConn in the second. Yeah, they lost by less than Gonzaga did. <laughs> lost by twenty five. Yeah, I don't know. I just. I know what you're saying. Though. You get what I'm saying. Yeah, they don't ever have to work to get into the tournament. Yeah, they just it's a cakewalk every year. Yeah, I mean that's fair. <laughs> but let's cut that off from March Madness right there. We'll know who the champion is next time we do this podcast next week. So it should be really interesting. Um, we're both riding UConn and. Feel like more often than not we're wrong, so <laughs> it'll be pretty. Man, I went zero and four last time we were on the pod. Huh? I went zero and four Did last you? time. Yeah. Well, I said we I said Tennessee, picks. Michigan State, Arkansas. Yeah, I was right in the Sweet Sixteen games. Yeah, I wasn't. I had Kansas State. I mean, I don't think I had FAU winning, but <laughs> I had Texas. I had Gonzaga. It wasn't great, but you know it's March. <laughs> Callie's pick San Diego State still riding strong though in the Final Four. Is that who you got winning at all, Callie? It is. Okay, wow. Wow. So you got them beating FAU, but who you got them playing in the championship game? UConn. UConn? Okay, and you got them beating UConn. Wow. That'll be interesting. That'll be interesting. Watch it. She'll be right. Because last year when Callie made a bracket, we all made a bracket, she was the winning bracket with all her buddies. You remember that? She was. Because we were in PCB when we made the bracket. Yeah, no, I remember that. And she ended up winning. <laughs> yeah, she knows ball. So if you ever if you ever need any tips or any advice talking basketball, just hit up our producer slash editor, Callie Saba. Yeah, she knows she, she knows what's going on. <laughs> but uh let's move over to the NBA. NBA? So I mean picking back up where we left off in the NBA, I mean playoffs are right around the corner. I wanna say about ten games away, seventy Oh, my gosh. I want to say about seven games away until the plan begins. I mean, end of March. That's so bizarre to think about. But then, you know, talking about that and looking at the plan and how the West is looking right now, I mean, as it currently stands, the Dallas Mavericks are out of the plan. They're on the outside looking in with the Jazz, with the Blazers. And you can basically say that the Jazz and Blazers are pretty much out of it. I mean, the Blazers have shut down Damian Lillard for the season. So they're out of it. The Utah Jazz, I mean, they're two games back of the playing spot. I don't ex- I don't expect that to change. I don't expect them to make any run. If they do, that'd be bizarre. But right now in the play-in, it's Golden State at 7, New Orleans at 8, the Lakers at 9, and the Thunder at 10, with the Mavericks on the outside looking in. I mean, they've been struggling ever since they got Kyrie. I mean, I've seen it on ESPN all the time, how, like, is Kyrie someone to blame? Or, like, just who is it to blame for the Mavericks' failure over the last month or so? I personally don't think it's all Kyrie. I don't either. Um, I think think it's kind of just – 
I hate to agree with Kendrick Perkins because this is what he said, but like he kind of blamed it on like the organization and the management. I was because, gonna say coaching and the coaching. You got to figure out a way to like play. You got two of the best players in the world. Yeah, on the team. exactly. You got to figure out a way to win games. But it can't they, be that hard. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I agree. I just think they gotta they gotta find the right lineups to play because obviously they can win games. It's obvious they can do it. I mean. The first game they had when they played went up against the Phoenix Suns. I mean, that game went right down to the wire. And the Suns are one of the biggest contenders to win the chip this year with KD coming back this Wednesday. But they just struggle defensively. And it's just something that's, I mean, it's not that bizarre to me, but they just got to find a way to win games. And they're running out of time. I mean, with only eight games left in the season for them, I mean – they only have so much room to work with. And even if you get a 9 or 10 spot, that doesn't guarantee you make the playoffs. And who knows? They might have to go up in the, against the Lakers in the 9-10 playing spot. But, I mean, it's still super tight. Minnesota's at 6 right now. They're tied with Golden State 12 and a half games back. So we'll see who ends up getting that 6 spot and who ends up getting the playing. I mean, I don't know. This West is just so bizarre to me. The Kings, they're still sitting at the 3 seed. It's looking like that's what they're going to be come playoff time, they just played the Timberwolves last night with a chance to clinch the playoffs, and they lost at home to the Timberwolves. So it shows that they are not they are not safe playing anybody in the first round. It doesn't matter who they play. Because um, yeah. I'm not the biggest fan of the Timberwolves, but I understand that they can win games. Um, you see the video of Rudy Gobert in, the, in that post-fade? It, yeah. yeah, like Rudy Gobert with a post-fade? The reaction on the bench is so funny. Yeah, I mean, that was bizarre to me, just seeing him hit a post-fade. <laughs> seen him make I don't, a shot. Yeah. I don't see him hit that very often. Ever. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> but as it stands right now, it'd be a Kings Timberwolves first round matchup. It'd be a Suns Clippers first round matchup. It'd be a Grizzlies Warriors first round matchup. That's exactly what I want to see. Because I think that's probably the biggest rivalry in the NBA right now, as it stands. I think. Bro, the way they be beefing, yeah. It's unlike any other teams, I feel like. <laughs> Because it's all that Dylan Brooks drama and Draymond Green and Clay Thompson always putting up the foe, you know? Yeah. There's not enough, uh, or not enough. There's not really anything like that in the East. No, there's I'm really not. Trying to not. think. There's really not. Like the Celtics and the Bucks don't. Like we always match up against each other, but I wouldn't say it's a rivalry. Like we got respect for each other. Yeah. But I wouldn't consider it a rivalry. I would have said at one point we had a rivalry with the Heat. Because Bam out of bio likes to talk a lot of shit about us. Um, talk shit about everybody. He does. He does. <laughs> um, but I don't know. They don't want the smoke. They don't want the smoke. They're current. They're currently tied with Brooklyn in the East, um, both fourteen games back. Um, that's something really interesting to look at. One, the Nets in the Heat. Who gets the six and who falls the seven and has to play in the play-in? And then as well, something to keep an eye on this last week and a half. The Cleveland Cavaliers are only a game and a half back of the three seed for the Philadelphia 76ers. And that is definitely something to keep an eye on because, I mean, the matchups just change all over the place if that happens. I mean, you got a Cavs versus Brooklyn slash Miami, whoever whoever uh, gets that six seed. And then you got Philadelphia playing a New York Knicks squad who I know the Knicks don't want to play a team like the 76ers right now because they're a team that matches up really well with Julius Randle and company, in my opinion. Because, I mean, they also have James Harden and Maxi, Tobias Harris. They got plenty of guys that can compete on both ends against Jalen Brunson, R.J. Barrett, and company. So definitely something to keep an eye out on. But another reason was because, you know, if the Celtics 
stay in that two-seed spot, we can still get a potential second-round matchup with the Cavs and the Celtics if the Cavs are able to creep up and get this three-seed. Because, I mean, the 76ers, like I said, still a game and a half up, but they're on a three-game losing streak, um, six and four in their last ten. It'll be interesting. James Harden's been out the last couple games. He expected to be out for the rest of the week. Um, who knows when Joel Embiid comes back? Um, they sat him out in the game against the Nuggets last night. Seems like they want to play the Knicks. Seems like <laughs> they do, right? It kind of does seem like they want to play the Knicks. So that's something to keep an eye on. As a Cavs fan, I'd rather play Brooklyn over New York. Oh, for sure. If it, I think it works out for both teams because the Cavs, I mean, if I'm Philly, I'm not scared to play anyone in the first round, honestly. But the Cavs, like, I am most definitely preferring to play the Nets or the Heat over the Knicks, in my yeah, opinion. I agree. Because I feel like the Knicks just match up in, incredibly well with the Cavs. Yeah. So, again, only a game and a half. It's not that bizarre. We got about a week and a half of basketball left. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on. I mean, we can bring up the playing spots for the Eastern Conference. I mean, it's looking like it's going to be Chicago at the 10, um, Toronto, Atlanta, and then either Miami or Brooklyn. Um, and I'm expecting... Whoever it is, Miami or Brooklyn in the seven spot, I think they beat Atlanta in the play-in. I think we both had Chicago beating the Raptors in the 9-10 spot. Yeah. Yeah, so, so I'm kind of sticking with that. And then it would be like a Bulls versus Hawks matchup most likely for the eight seed. I mean, I'm probably taking the Hawks in that, but I think the – I mean, it's just one game, so you never know. Yeah. But that's something to keep an eye on. I don't think it's that big of a deal because I think no matter who these teams play, Milwaukee or Boston, I don't see them – making it farther than five games against either of them. So it's not as serious like in the Western Conference. But going back to the West, Lakers are in the nine spot. They're going to have to win. If they stay in this 9-10 spot and they can't move up into the eight, they're going to have to win two straight games to make the playoffs. And I'm not counting that out for them. I believe that's totally possible, especially when you're having to play a team like the Thunder and the Pelicans. But, you know, if they run into the Mavericks in that 9-10 game, or let's say they move up to the eight spot and have to play the Warriors in a seven eight play in. Like the Lakers are kinda on the brinks of not making it. And so that's something very interesting to me. But let's say they do make it. Let's say they play the Nuggets in the first round. Are you taking the Nuggets easily cakewalk? Because I feel like that's gonna be more competitive than people think, especially with the way AD's been playing recently. I think it'd be like six games. I'm yeah. still taking the Nuggets. I think they have so much more talent than the Lakers do. But yeah. I mean, obviously, I have LeBron and AD, mm-hmm. but taking the back-to-back MVP first round of the playoffs. Potentially back-to-back-to-back, to back to back. Yeah. but Joel should win it. Joel doesn't win it. NBA has failed. Well, I don't know, because <laughs> he's missed about 14 games this year, and yeah. I know it's not a ton. I saw a stat this morning that said only one other MVP has ever won the award while missing that many games. Yeah, that makes sense. So I saw something that players, they're going to start, or I don't know if they're going to start, but they were considering it that – like for these accolades and awards, like the players had to play a certain number of games. Mm-hmm. Like they couldn't be considered. I think that needs to be a new rule, and I think that needs to be implemented immediately. <laughs> I'm all for that. But just because, you know, guys get hurt all the time, guys sit out all the time. Like if you're an MVP caliber player, if you're a six-man caliber, most improved or whatever it is, you got to be playing consistently. And yeah. I feel like that's why everyone's saying like Jokic should be the MVP partially as well because he plays every game yeah and you know i hear Stephen a smith talk about it every single time he talks about the knicks you know julius randall potentially making an all nba team i think he's well deserving as well 
because he has not missed one game this season. And I think that's incredibly impressive. He's, you don't see that all the time. He's a baller, too. He yeah, is a baller. Yeah. He is a baller. That just impresses me because, like, even my guy, like Tatum, like, he's missed, I want to say, like, six games this year. So maybe more, six to 10, I want to say. So, I mean, it's impressive when you see guys that never miss games. I mean, moving back to the West and talking about these matchups a little more, what matchups would you prefer to see in the first round come playoff time? Because everyone's still jam-packed. I mean, the four-seed Suns are only a game and a half ahead of the seven-seed Warriors. So it's the same distance between the Cavs and the Sixers. So anything can happen. Do you see anything changing? Do you want something to change? Any particular matchup you want to see? or I want to see the Mavs play the Suns and you do? playoffs, yeah. No. But they got to win games. I don't yeah. know. It might be like a five-game series the way they're playing right now. Yeah, seriously. Because, <laughs> um, I mean, Katie's expected back tomorrow, um, Wednesday. And, I mean, the Suns have still found a way to win games. I mean, granted, four and six in their last ten, two-game winning streak. I mean, when you get KD back, I mean, that's just a completely different team. And they're probably one of the best offensive teams in the league, if not the best, yeah, debatably. I agree with that. But I still think their flaw is their bench. And if you can wear down a team like that and take it six, seven games in a series, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Suns fall in the second round, probably. It's been their downfall in the mm-hmm. years past. Too. Without a doubt. So that should be interesting. But right now they're matching up against the Clippers in the first round. And – that's a tough matchup. It is a tough matchup. I still got them. I got the Suns in that yeah. matchup. But I just don't I don't see the Clippers pulling that one out. But the, even though they are so much deeper than that Suns team. Because, you know, they got guys like Bones Highland coming off the bench. And, uh, you know, they got Russell Westbrook now. They got Kawhi Leonard still. Uh, any update on Paul George? I know he, uh, he hyperextended he, he his, knee, extended his knee pretty bad. But is he going to be back for playoffs? Because... I think that changes everything. If he's not back by playoffs, I got I got them losing the Suns in five games probably. Probably four. <laughs> yeah, maybe. He needs to be back. Yeah. I mean, he's a big part of that team, obviously. Paul George, great player. Mm-hmm. So we hope to see him back. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Going to have to keep an eye on that. How about the Grizzlies, though? I mean, you know, a few weeks ago I was talking about how they're done. Their season's over. I don't see any of this getting fixed. And now next thing you know, John Morant – he went to his 10 days of rehab, seven days of rehab. He's back better than ever, started coming off the bench, and now he's starting to ramp up his minutes. Steven Adams should be back soon, hopefully. I don't know exactly, but, I mean, this team's still dominating. I mean, easily sitting at the two-seed in the West. Currently 9-1 and one in their last 10, six-game win streak. Should I start putting Grizzlies back in my back in like my list of teams to make the finals in the West, or...? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they have a they have a great team. Jaron yeah. Jackson's an all star, you know, without a doubt. John Morant's an all star. Desmond Bain's a, one of the best shooters in the league. Uh, Dylan Brooks is a pussy, but it's whatever. He plays hard. Yeah, he plays hard. But, um, and uh, Stephen Adams, best offensive rebounder in the league. So right here, it says he's expected back April fifteenth. So that's like right when playoffs start. Yeah, they're gonna need him. They're going to need them without a doubt. Yeah. Because if they get a matchup against the Warriors in the first round, they definitely need that. Yeah. But I think with how it's standing currently, I think I got four teams to potentially make the finals in the in the Western Conference. And it's, it's the Nuggets, it's the Grizzlies, it's the Suns, and it's the Warriors. I think I can see either four of those teams making the finals, but that's it. So you're counting out 
LeBron and AD? I'm counting on Le- I never had a minute. And me neither. I mean, but. I just can't see a team that's been struggling all season long just turn around come playoff time and find a way to win games consistently. Yeah. I just don't see that happening. I mean, they're going to have another year with LeBron next year. Hopefully they sign D-loading to a contract extension because I really like that get for them. He's been tremendous for them. Yeah, he has been great. Um, I like their squad. I mean, Jared Vanderbilt's been big for them as well. Uh, Troy Brown Jr., you know, did you see they didn't even play Hachimura Monday really? night? Yeah, and Darvin Ham said it was because they have too many guys they have to play. Like, there wasn't enough minutes to go around. Interesting. Reeves has to get his minutes. I think he has to get his minutes. I mean, because I looked at it. I'll pull it up again real fast. It's one of the best scores on that um, team. Oh, it, was the, it was the LeBron game on and Sunday AD. against the Bulls where they lost. He didn't play. Like, that was the game LeBron came off the bench just for the second time in his career. Like, Troy Brown Jr., he played 32 minutes. AD played 35. Austin Reeves played 37 minutes. Dennis Schroeder played 33. Jared Vanderbilt, who they start at power forward slash center, he played 21 minutes. Braun played 29. Malik Beasley played 27. And then, I mean, they played Lonnie Walker and Wenyan Gabriel. They played them 13 and 8 apiece. So it doesn't look like there's room for Hachimura to play. But I feel like he needs to be getting tick over Wenyan Gabriel, yeah. over... Vanderbilt at least a little bit. Yeah. Um, I don't think Austin Reeves should be playing 37 minutes. I know he's high on life right now, and everyone's loves talking about him currently, but 37 minutes? He's not that good. He's not that good. He's <laughs> not that good. And then, I mean, Malik Beasley playing 27, I think that's kind of a stretch as well. I mean, it's fine. He's one of their shooters, quote-unquote. But I think they got to find a way to get Hachimura involved more when they have their full healthy roster. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with that come to play in matchups. But I'm surprised they don't play Mo Bamba either. I'm a big Mo Bamba guy. They don't even play him. I don't think he's that good. I think he's solid. I think he's a solid player. He's able to get rebounds. He can shoot. How's uh, Thomas Bryant? Thomas Bryant. Is he nah, getting any he was, tick for Denver? Um, Let's look. <laughs> I mean, the game against Philly the other day. Played zero minutes, game against Milwaukee, played three minutes, played three minutes against Washington, doesn't play, nine minutes, 13, eight, didn't play. Jeez. He loves to get PT, I thought. When he first, wow, he did leave to get PT. Yeah. And they also got him because they were saying they needed a backup center behind Jokic. They don't use a backup center. Too bad, yeah, Jokic plays 40 minutes a game. (laughs) I mean, he played 34 the other night. Yeah. I wonder who they got coming in. He must not be playing too well. I mean... Najee, Jeff Green, Bruce Brown, and Christian Braun. Those are their four guys they bring off the bench. Nothing great. No. It's just their starting lineup's ridiculous. Yeah. Jokic, MPJ, Aaron Gordon, KCP, Jamal Murray. I mean, it's a good lineup. I just don't see him. I'm putting them in one of my four teams to make the finals, but I don't think they get it done. I just don't think they do. I think Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., and Aaron Gordon are going to have to be ridiculous this playoffs because as much as I love Jokic I say it time and time again like he's not the guy who you're giving the ball to in the clutch to make the shot like he's gonna have to pass it off and one of these guys are gonna have to make the plays I agree that's just who he is it's just who he is like playmaker he's a playmaker he's a playmaker he doesn't shoot an insane amount he draws fouls he takes the right type of shots and I mean, he's a tremendous player. I'm not hating on him or anything, but it's just like in crunch time in certain games, he's not creating his own shot, you know? He's not a shot creator. It'll be interesting. I think Jamal Murray is the main guy that needs to step up come playoff time, but I agree. we'll see. 
Um, before we finish uh, this NBA talk and before we move over to the NFL uh, quickly, I said my teams for who I think can make the finals in the West. Um, in the East, I think it's simple. I think it's the top three teams. I think it's Milwaukee, Boston, and Philly. As much as I like Cleveland and think how talented the roster is, I think they're a couple years away from making the finals. I just think in a seven-game series against any three of those teams, I think they get taken advantage of. But I am excited to see Donovan Mitchell in the Cavs uniform in the playoffs. Yeah. Because um, that'll be different. I mean, he's used to playing with Rudy Gobert or Mike Conley, guys like that, and now he has kind of a squad around him, a, a very lethal squad that yeah. can dominate basketball games. So if he can lead the charge in this playoffs, I mean, you never know. But I just feel like some of these teams are just too talented currently right now that they might still be a couple years away. The one thing I like about Cleveland, I obviously don't think they're beating the Celtics or the Bucks in a seven-game series, but they have the best backcourt in the East. I see. Yeah. Well, and I think that's going to arguably yeah. help them a ton in the playoffs. I mean, yeah. Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell, they're two all-stars back there, drip, you know, pass and dribbling the ball for you, hitting threes. Uh, I guess I would say they're the best because, I mean, it's them two or James Harden and Maxi, And I think maybe they can go hand-in-hand. Hand. You think Donovan Mitchell's better than James Harden right now? Mm-hmm. I think he is. That's always so tough. He's I think James Harden is one of the most controversial yeah. players in the NBA right now. Not because of what he does, but because like of what he used to be and what he is now. Like He can obviously still score 40 whenever, but now he's more just a pass-first player on the Sixers team. So he kind of like changed his game for the better for this team. Yeah, um, I mean, that's what they needed him to do because he's not going to be the primary guy with Joel yeah. getting you a triple-double every yeah. time he plays. Yeah, I agree. But with that being said, I don't know because James Harden could easily be like one of the best players in the league you yeah. know, when he's playing his best ball. Yeah. But currently as it speaks and as it as the season's been going, I'd probably agree. Say Cavs are the best backcourt in the league. Just that duo is really solid. The shiftiness of Garland. The ability to just score consistently from Donovan Mitchell, it's scary, without a doubt. If they can pull it all together, this team's going to be scary for a long time, yeah. without a doubt. All right, let's move over to the NFL briefly, very briefly. I feel like the main things that we need to talk about is, first and foremost, Lamar Jackson, right? Just came out a few days ago that reportedly, not reportedly, Lamar Jackson came out and said this himself that on March 2nd, he requested a trade from the franchise. We haven't seen anything happen since then. Um, obviously, over the last few weeks, n- very few, if any, teams have gotten into contact with Lamar. Do you have anything to speak on why this is going like this is with Lamar? Or Because this is bizarre to me. A former MVP, one of the best quarterbacks in the league currently, and no one's hitting this man up to try and bring them to the roster. I understand he's going to be worth a boatload of money, but I mean, I wouldn't see if you have the cap space. I mean, if you're paying Deshaun Watson, two fifty. Yeah, guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. Lamar I mean, should be. That was only one team, though. That was the Browns, and they sold. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a, that's a bad organization. But it's just like I can't believe that no one even wants this guy. Do the Jets want him or no? Because I've seen. I don't it. believe so. No. I don't believe so. I've been seeing, reading a lot about he'd go to the Jets instead of Aaron Rodgers, but I mean that wouldn't really surprise me. Let's be real, because they've been struggling to make get that move done. Jets and the Packers for Aaron Rodgers, because yeah. we were talking about it a couple weeks ago or whenever it was. Like this deal's gonna get done. It's just a matter of when. But you know, 
time's still ticking and time's going to continue to tick. And who knows if this deal actually gets done? You think the Jets, you know, do you think there's a possibility they sell and just don't get anybody? I do believe that. Do you really? Mm. I don't think that. No, I don't. I think if they don't get Rodgers, they get Lamar. Yeah, I think it's one or the They other. get someone. But I think they need to get Rodgers because yeah. they've been signing guys on their squad for Rodgers. Yeah, from Green Bay, yeah. Literally, <laughs> Sauce Gardner, Brees Hall, like all these guys. Garrett Wilson. Have been want, Garrett Wilson, <laughs> they've all been preparing to have Rodgers. They want Rodgers. Not like they'd be upset if they got a guy like Lamar Jackson. But that'd just be one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen. When he literally comes out and says, like, he's he's going to the Jets. We're in the works of getting a deal done to go to the Jets. and Just crazy, because you know he's asking for way too much for being 39 years old. Yeah. He's asking yeah. way too much. You know I mean, he's asking for 50, 60 also million. Also being 90% retired this season. Yeah. I mean, this offseason. But, I mean, so we'll see. We, we'll keep you updated on that. But you got to think it gets done sooner rather than later. But who knows? I just think it's got to get done before the draft. It's got to get done before the draft. Yeah. Because the Packers got to want picks. And I don't know. I don't see a trade getting done after the draft, in my opinion. So speaking on that on Rodgers with Lamar, who do you think go, goes and gets him? Because there's no way he's a Raven. There's no way he is a Raven by next season. He if he doesn't be. go to any other team, he will not play football this year. I agree. He I won't. agree. Um, you know, I've heard things about him going to Atlanta possibly. Yeah. Not I've heard. You know, I don't have sources. I've mm-hmm. read on yeah. the internet. But I've heard about the Colts, but they have a top draft pick. I don't yeah, I don't know why they trade for, and that's where it's debatable. Like, go get this top quarterback or go draft a quarterback for the future. But no one talks about how young Lamar is. You know, he's yeah. younger than. I mean, he's not probably younger anymore than some of the guys in the draft. But when he's Joe Burrow got drafted, young. he was younger than Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. He'd already like won an MVP. So yeah. it's, I don't know. I if I was an organization and I needed a QB, I'm, I'm going to get him. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what people are thinking. He's the highest win percentage out of any quarterback in the first, like, five years or something besides Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I think it's him and Pat Mahomes. Yeah, um, yeah. it's just crazy. So teams with the top cap space, looking at the top eight, um, it's Chicago, and they got their quarterback. Um, it's the Panthers. They got the number one pick. Um, I think the Lions would be kind of interesting. Um, they they'd kind of really, bring this team together. If they they'd were able be to get really Lamar, good with Lamar. Oh, my gosh. That finish off the squad completely. They'd be the best team in the uh, NFC Without a doubt. They might be even with Goff. North, right? In the NFC North. Yeah. They might even be with Goff. They might be. Year. I'm so excited to watch the Bears, though, man. So am I. I know. That division will I'm be I'm a borderline Bears fan, so it's a um, different. But. I mean, the Texans are fourth in cap space. Um, they have the second pick in the draft. They got other top pick. The Packers, you got to assume they're rocking with Jordan Love. Why don't they get Lamar? I don't know. I honestly <laughs> like that. Why not? It's because they have Jordan Love and they've been waiting to use him for years. He's probably going to be good. But, like, whatever, <laughs> man. Jordan Lamar. Love or Lamar? Yeah. I, I'll take Lamar. Like, they've already been paying high money for their quarterback. Anyways, and then it's and then it rounds out with the Falcons, the Cardinals, and the Colts. And the Cardinals got their quarterback. So, it's like Colts, Falcons, and Lions are, like, the three teams I think of. I think Kyle Murray is already super overrated, so... I mean, obviously, he's their guy because they paid him so much. But I don't see them fading away from him. God, right that's yeah. paying that guy forty-five mil a year to. Yeah, it's crazy. What they were, they definitely didn't go five hundred, right? Uh, I don't believe so. They were like six and twelve or something. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Eleven. 
Should be really interesting to see where those top two quarterbacks go because these are some of the biggest names in football, and we don't know where they're playing football next year. Yeah. We really don't. I mean, we have an idea with Rodgers, but it's, it's not guaranteed yet. And with Lamar, we just have no idea because he confirmed that he's, he's out of there um, with his tweet the other day, um, but we don't know where he's going to be playing football, and that's just something to keep an eye on. 26 years of age, he's incredibly young. It'll be very interesting to see. I mean, I guess we can talk about some of these other signings. I mean, your boy Jesse Bates, he went to the Falcons. I think a pretty interesting one of the biggest signings all around the NFL is Dalvin Tomlinson um, from the Vikings. Um, he's going to the Browns on a four-year, fifty-seven million dollar deal. Yeah. Um, so that's huge for them, in my opinion. The Bengals got uh, Irv Smith Jr. from the Vikings. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. <laughs> God, that makes me mad. I want to draft Darno. I feel like if we're getting tight ends, we're not going to. Yeah, you're not. <laughs> yeah, I don't see that happening either. But, but is, that would be nice. Is Irv Smith a good enough tight end to mm, start for us? That's why I think we might draft him. I don't know. I don't He's know. a backup. I feel like. Have we talked about you guys getting Orlando Brown on this mm-hmm. podcast uh, yet? Cody Ford. Yeah. Some big gets for the Bengals. Oh, huge upgrade to the left side of the off- offensive line. Yeah. So hopefully that helps you guys get over the edge. Joe, Joe Burrow, Burrow is 12 and 1 when he gets sacked once or. Less than a game. Well, maybe that's beginning. It's our year. Beginning of a huge season for the Bengals next year. I mean, they had a big season last year and the year before, but maybe this is the year. Maybe this is the year. Could be. <laughs> Just to name a couple other big signings. I mean, uh, Bobby Wagner is going back to the Seahawks on a one-year deal, so that should be fairly interesting. Javon Hargrave leaving the Eagles. He's going to the 49ers on a four-year, eighty-four million dollar deal. That's just one of the few guys that's left Philadelphia's defense this offseason. But they re-signed Bradbury and Slay, right? They did. Yeah. So, but that's that's still something to keep an eye on, without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, Hargraves was one of the best players on their defense. Yeah, not for the sure. Best. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they Elijah also Moore. re-signed Fletcher Cox. Yeah, they re-signed Bradbury, Slay, a couple other guys. Uh, Brandon Graham. I mean, yeah, he's a good player. I don't know. It just surprised me how they lost some of those guys on the defensive end because. I don't know. I always think how valuable defensive is. And when you have a dominant defense like that, it makes Jalen Hurts' job a whole lot easier. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. And the Eagles um, will be fine if they keep their offensive line. Is um Yep. Kelsey staying? Yep. Signed a one year deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's probably gonna retire after next year, but probably. he'll be back. Yeah. yeah. Fell short. Wanna try and make it happen next year? We'll see. But I don't know. I mean, once March Madness ends here, we'll start to ramp up on the NFL a whole lot more. The draft's right around the corner, I want to say about a month away, if that. Yeah. So, should be getting really interesting. I want to say next week we'll start talking about uh, uh, the draft a little bit more. We'll talk about who we think where players should start going um, and stuff like that. But outside of that, it sounds like we're done for the day. Pretty interesting, Kobe Pod. I apologize if we weren't on our top game. We are not feeling the best. But, you know, that happens. That happens. There's days like that. And... I don't know if Kobe ever said it, but he always fought through. May you rest in peace. <laughs> it's like the, uh, it's like the flu game. That's what we're doing here today. Yeah, except, except that was twenty-four. Yeah. yeah, yeah, whatever. Would have been good for last week. Would have been good. Well, I wasn't <laughs> feeling great last week either, but it's called the Kobe flu game. Sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week. This is Lance House Sports. And may the odds ever be in your favor for the March Madness teams remaining. Wish them the best of luck. (laughs) See you guys next week.